2013, Edward Snowden leaks his famous document leak of government documents. <laughs> hold on, hold on. That sounds completely fucking stupid. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. I almost want to keep it. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, as I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, it sounds like something I would say. 2013, NSA employee Edward Snowden leaks a huge cache of documents to a specific reporter. Fuck it. You know what? All right. Why don't we just start with it's, dude? I keep, fight, I keep fucking it up. All right. I can dig it. It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA and... Agent Anderson, come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. Follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. All right. This week we are taking a look at, uh, it's a little different format. Normally we'll do a uh, sort of a story or we'll present some stuff. This time we're looking at a slideshow. Yep. That's right. A slideshow in 2013, uh, NSA contractor Edward Snowden released a whole bunch of documents. I'm sure most people listening to this show are going to be familiar with that event. One of the things in this release was a slideshow presentation called The Art of Deception, Training for a New Generation of Online Covert Operations. And we don't have the audio presentation that went along with this slideshow. We know a little bit about it, about what's going on here, and the slides themselves tell a pretty interesting story. So Agent ETA and I, are we're going to go through the slideshow and just talk about it. A little, little different format, you know, mix things up a little bit, see how it goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I would encourage anybody listening along with us, um, if you can find the link, uh, or find the slideshow, I think it would be very interesting and beneficial as well to follow along with us if you can. Yeah, definitely. We'll keep, we'll call out the slides that were on. There's 50 slides total. Some of them are a little denser than others. So we'll spend more time mm -hmm. on some than others, but yeah, all right, well, let's, I, I gotta oh, be yeah. honest there's some of them that I look at and, uh, I, I understand, like, I think I understand some of the stuff, the stuff that's going on there, but oh, boy, is it yeah. confusing. Like when you really start getting in the weeds there, yeah, yeah it, we, gets, it gets pretty damn deep. We got, we got a couple of boogeyman slides that you look at it and you just, you kind of get scared a little bit. <laughs> at mm -hmm. least I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All yeah, right. So well, start off with the first one. Yeah. You want to start us off there, ETA? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, let's, uh, all right. So the first one right here, um, there's it's a picture of a, a person. I'm assuming it's a man. looks like a man holding up a note. And the note says, I'm not trying to impress you, but I'm Batman or I'm Batman. And um, the guy is wearing a Batman uh, T-shirt. It's that 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 like the first Batman logo, the the, the main Bat Batman logo that anybody would think of. You know, it's the yellow uh, circle or I'm um, circle. Um, it's that typical oval, yellow oval with the Batman symbol black in the inside. And it's a, it's a pretty telltale, you know, uh, statement, I think, a depiction um, to start off the, the slideshow because of what they're trying to present to us, I think. Um, and there's a whole lot that they're trying to present to us. And, and like I said before, I only grasp a, a certain part of it. But um, I think this is a, a kind of an entertaining slide to me, to be honest, because you can make some jokes about this, you know, but it's a good one to start off with. Because also, uh, if you look at the bottom of the slide, it says the art of deception training for a new generation of online covert operations. 
Um, and that is pretty much, I mean, that's what this whole slideshow is about, you know, I mean, that and also, you know, how, how the public interacts with, uh, with, uh, such operations and how, it, how it, um, you know, I, I would say how it really kind of, uh, morphs and, and influences their subconscious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of the things that are, you know, that, that what we're going to be talking about here, a lot of these organizations and stuff that are, are involved in, in what is going on here. I think that's one of the big things that they're trying to do is, is influence people's subconscious, their, their opinions, you know, how they feel about certain yeah. things, you know, how they react to certain things also. I mean, th there's that one term that people always use when talking about conspiracies, right? Tinfoil hat. Well, mm -hmm. I don't think that that's by chance. I think that's by design. That's, you know, to create plausible deniability. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you know, the to have covert operations online and, and to, um, you know, morph people's perceptions of uh, certain events or, you know, opinions or whatever, you know, I think that's a, a – it's an extremely powerful tool to have at your hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I the thing I think that – really bothers me the most about this whole whole slideshow is these are tools that they're not they're not using these tools against you know terrorist cells or bad guys they're using these tools against everybody you yeah, me yeah. everybody we're being manipulated and we don't even know it yeah that's the yeah. crazy thing so uh, my opinion on this first slide is it's there's a lot some of these slides have so much information packed into them that you could just talk about like so this this guy, like you, you talked a little bit about him. He's like sitting in his, looks like he's sitting in his bedroom or whatever, mm -hmm. but just to cherry pick a couple of things, like why would they choose Batman if he's, if he's online and he's basically being anonymous and he's saying, I'm somebody, why would they choose that particular hero? It's, you know, he's sort of a loner. He's a rich dude. So it, he's, he's kind of like, you know, on top of the social circles, he has all these parties in the movies. Uh, it, it's sort of a really interesting choice that you could you could really pick apart the psychology of that, but well, that, we don't that have a character that that character yeah. in its own world. You know, like you said, he has a lot of uh, influence. He's very wealthy. He also is very deceptive, and yeah. for whatever for whatever reason, however easy it may have been to figure out that Bruce Wayne was Batman, uh, many people didn't. You know, Even right? Obviously, many of the clues were there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like hiding in plain sight kind of a thing. It's it's a really yeah. interesting choice. Uh, but there's, there's a couple other things on this first slide just to mention real quick. At the top of it, it says secret slash slash SI slash slash rel to USA. I'm guessing released USA. I'm not sure. Mm. And FVEY. FVEY is short for five eyes. And that's the intelligence alliance between Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and the United States. Just to just to kind of go over a little bit of what's on here, and then at the bottom you see a logo for GCHQ. Now I'm, I don't remember which organization specifically, but I think a lot of these organizations we didn't even know they existed before the the document leak. But yeah. the so the GCHQ logo kind of looks like what like uh, there's a margarine I think Imperial margarine like that little crown logo kind of looks like that, um, and it stands for the Government Communication Headquarters. And it's an intelligence and security organization uh, that focuses on signals intelligence. Signals intelligence is basically intercepting stuff, whether it's like radio transmissions or email or whatever, just kind of intercepting intel or intercepting communications is basically what they're all about. 
And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's an organization that's in the United Kingdom. So they did this slideshow, and they're presenting it to the Five Eyes, essentially, is what the impression you get here. All right. So I guess that that's uh, what I wanted to say about the first, um, first slide. Anything else? Or should we move along? Yeah, I think we should move along to the second one. All right. Slide two. This is another example of... Um, okay, so first of all, we have our... A little Qbert logo. This is what I like to call this one. It's got all these mm-hmm. little cubes kind of overlapping. And this one has HSOC, Human Science Operations Cell. And I had to look this up because, again, I, who knows what all this stuff is. This is a division of the Signal Intelligence Agency of the GCHQ. So this is a subdivision of GCHQ. And this is probably the organization that specifically did this slideshow, I'm guessing. Now, on this slide, it doesn't look like there's much to it. But there, there are certain patterns, and if you look closely, you can see that there's tiny words on the on the sides of some of these cubes. But um, the slideshow I have, unfortunately, the resolution isn't really good enough to make out what those words are in the logo. But I don't know what what do you think about this one? I was trying to zoom in on them also because it's not like you say it's not on all of them, but like at the top left of uh, that that cube cluster. Um, the top left one has some, I'm not sure if it's a word or acronym. I think there's a dash in the middle of there somewhere, <laughs> but I can't, uh, yeah, the, the picture that I have isn't high res enough to be able to make out what it is. And I, I'm zooming in all the way and uh, it looks like in the bottom left, there's some stuff too, but yeah, I, yep. I can't make it out. I mean, bottom I think left it would be, it would be. And then to the right, there's another that. one too. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right yeah, above the H. Go. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I think it would be definitely interesting to know what that is, like to get a, be- a, a good enough picture to find out what that what that says. Because, I mean, m- most things uh, when we're talking about, you know, the operations that we're talking about and the, the, you know, influencing humans, society and stuff, there's a lot of things that they'll put out in plain sight, but you're just not going to be able to recognize it because if you're not in the know or, you mm-hmm. know, if you don't have the right perspective to really recognize some of these things, you're just going to have no damn clue, you know? Yeah. You, you, you're just not you're not paying attention in the right areas. You don't even know to pay attention, you know. Yeah, and a lot of these things, these are graphic designs. They're designed very specifically. They're not random. These these colors, these shapes, everything was chosen for a specific reason. Um, it's so it might not be cubes. It actually it's also overlapping hexagons that sort of look like they form cubes, but it's it's hard to describe. I'm sure there's like a technical term for it, but all right, you want to move along to uh, slide number three. Yeah, slide number three. So uh, when you go to slide number three, the first thing that, that pops out to me is, um, well, there, there's a, a symbol on the left side that kind of looks like, um, I, I guess, like a three-pronged ninja star of sorts with a circle in the middle, and it has a spider um, within that circle. It's black and blue. Under it has an acronym that's J-T-R-I-G. To the right of that, you have three boxes. Uh, the first box says Online Human. The second box says strategic influence, and the one below that says disruption and CNA. So the I think what would you want to talk about the uh, human first? Well, I'll, first of all, I'll, the JTRIG, it starts at the left. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's the Joint Threat Research Intelligence Group, and it's another subunit of the GCHQ. And I, I don't want to go too much into these guys, but... Um, there, you can look them up. There's a little bit of information about them you can find online, but, um, it's sort of besides the point. And then, 
yeah, online human is uh, the human intelligence. Um, and then strategic influence, I guess. I don't think that's like an actual department. I, I'm guessing that's like one of their goals. And a, yeah, uh, a, a, a strategy, I think. Yeah. And, and, and same, same thing with the disruption in CNA as well. Yeah. So that means, so CNA means something specific. It's designed to destroy, damage, or disrupt computers specifically. So that's, um, that's like a hacking operation. Now, in this context, I don't know if they mean specifically to cause damage to actual systems or if they mean it more along disruption and CNA more along the lines of like damaging organizations or social movements or that kind of a thing is kind of how I look at it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's probably uh, something that you could pivot towards whatever ends the means that you're trying to accomplish, you know? Yeah, but they're they're definitely up to no good. That's what this slide is telling me. And the. The symbolism of the ninja star, it definitely looks like a ninja star, like from a movie or something. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, again, that's that's a very specific symbol with a spider in it that uh, we don't really have time to go too much into that. But just think about why they would use something like that. It's kind of interesting. All right, let's let's get on to slide number four. This is when it starts to get kind of weird. <laughs> so I, I guess I'll start with the description is that, OK, so slide four, it's a bunch of uh, figures. They look like if you go to the restroom and like the, the man that's on the male restroom, it kind of looks like 3d versions of that kind of standing around. They're standing in little circles and the circle they're standing around, which is just big enough for them to be in it. They're not big circles. Each of those circles is connected to one of the other circles with dotted lines. And each figure has a color, but there, there's like, looks like there's two blue ones, two pink ones, two tan ones, you know, one green one or whatever. There's, uh, which is interesting because some of them have um, more two colors. Some of them only have one color on the slide of, of the figures. Um, and if you look at the way they're arranged, some of them connect to two of the other figures. Some of them connect to four of the other figures. But if you go to the very top right, there's one blue figure, a dark blue figure, the only dark blue figure on there. He's only connected to one other figure that branches out from there. And that's kind of a really interesting kind of um, sim symbolism to me, because to me that suggests that's sort of the person who's influencing everybody else. And so the, the blue guy will influence the green guy and, but the green guy doesn't know he's being influenced, but the green guy will change his opinion from this influence and go on to influence these other people. So it's kind of like a domino effect where the blue guy doesn't have to directly manipulate everybody on this board. He can, only has to manipulate one person. And then that, follows and you know you change that one key person and then that changes everybody else on the board through extension yeah it's like uh, a so, butterfly effect yeah so i'll i'll stop with that do you want to talk about the the words around around the uh picture yeah on the first slide yeah on yeah on slide four so okay so at the top you you start with anthropology and then I, I'll go in a uh, clockwise direction here. To the right of it, um, it's psychology. And that's right above that one uh, blue figure that you're talking about that only has influence over one person or connection to one person. Mm -hmm. That one person has a connection to three people, which all those three people that they have connections to will, will definitely influence everybody else on the board, I would think, you know, not e either directly or indirectly. So under psychology, it has economics. Under that, biology. And down to the uh, bottom, political science, going on up to the left, history, and then sociology, and then back up around to the top to complete the full circle would be anthropology again. 
Um, so all of these terms are, are when we're talking about a society and, and opinions of people or influences of, of individuals, every single one of these terms are, are immensely important. You know, it depends on what your perspective is, you know, because I think a lot of uh, people's perspectives depends on what they do for a career or, or what their goals are in particular, you know, what they want to achieve. Um, but I mean, the, all of these are closely related, you know what I mean? And it's a, it's a very interesting set of, of, uh, symbolism we have here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the next, these are the, the next slide. These are the different disciplines they're using to manipulate people, I think. So they're, you know, using psychology yeah. and economics and all that stuff to, to figure out how to manipulate people. But yeah, the next slide mm -hmm. is where it gets interesting. You want to, it's the same slide, but they yeah. add a few things. <laughs> this slide is exactly the same as the other slide, but they've added words, smaller words in between the major disciplines. And for example, between anthropology and psychology, we have deception, influence, and magic. I won't go through all of them. I'll just pick out the, the one area that I find the most interesting is between sociology and history we have compliance, obedience, and social networks. And that's, uh, that's a little alarming to see that, you know, if you, you just think about that. And then off to the right, there's between economics and biology, you have belief and religion. Now, why would they put that between economics and biology? That's very interesting. And I don't think it's by accident. Do you have any particular favorites, uh, the, the word, extra words you've added here? I do. I mean, um, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, what you just said between social, uh, sociology and history, the compliance, obedience, and social networks. I mean, holy, there's a lot of stuff you can pull from that. I think, you know, a lot yeah. of, uh, I mean, you, you could become, uh, really paranoid as well. I think when you start delving into that kind of stuff, but. Oh, you should be, you should be paranoid oh, yeah. after looking and, at this thing. <laughs> yeah. And you absolutely should be. But so in between, um, anthropology and psychology, you have deception, influence, and magic. Um, I think that's pretty interesting to me because like, you know, through psychology, there's a lot of different rationalizations that can be made and, and people that don't necessarily understand psychology, say for instance, um, and you're talking to somebody who's well-versed in it, uh, there's a lot of influence, deception, and magic that can be achieved. You know what I mean? And it's, especially if you're say, for example, you know, trying to deceive people on a broad scale, you know, presenting information, for example, that may not be truthful as, as the truth. And, you know, as we've heard say, you know, it's been said before you tell a, um, a lie enough times and it becomes a truth, you know, if enough people, enough people, you know, have the opinion of certain, a certain situation, then whether it be the right or wrong opinion, the truth or not, then that's, that's going to be what's written down in the history books, right? Yep. That's, that happens all the time, I think. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a probably a thousand different ways you can, you can use that to the, you know, whatever your goal is. But I mean, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on each slide, but yeah. yeah, this is one you could sit there and just kind of stare at and just like, imagine you could daydream on this slide all day long. You know, this, to me, this slide is when it really starts to sink in. Like, oh, we we're boned. <laughs> well, the, the depth, yeah. the depth of scale that they're working yeah. at, you know what I mean? It's yeah. These these guys are not dummies, you know, they're, these guys are, uh, they're up to no good and they definitely seem to have a really elaborate plan on how to achieve those yeah. no goodnesses. Yeah. Well, and what they're doing also is, is well, very well researched. They, they know what they're doing, you know, that they, yeah. 
they've 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 done enough studies to know how humans react to certain situations. And I, I don't think it's something that like is like say for instance if you're talking about like you know just these intelligence or uh, organizations, the Five Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm positive that a lot of the information that they're working off of was already known before all these organizations were were in existence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure there's plenty that they've learned since as well. You know, but but um, it, it's it, they're following like a, a certain you know uh, what, what what would I call it um, patterns that the other intelligence organizations have have followed before you know what i mean it's deception mm-hmm. um they you know a lot of the things that, that uh that i like i like to talk about is like the black flag type uh, events you know what i mean where you know um a, a situation is created with a you know the solution already in reserve you know what i mean yeah and every single time we see one of those type of events happen um it's always an intelligence agency that's that's you know closely involved with it, you know, and I think it's usually those, those agencies or, or groups that are the ones that cause it as well, you know? Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. But uh, to, to, uh, I'll stop my little rant there. <laughs> I mean, we could, like I said, there, there's, th- this slideshow is so crazy because like, like you can go off on so many rants, you know, so yeah. many little, little rabbit holes off of each, each slide, you know? Yeah. It's, it's All right, let's go on to the next slide. This is going to be slide number six. Now, slide number six has a big S4 to the upper left, and I don't think that they're talking about the S4 in, uh, where is it, Nevada? Um, In the middle of the slide, there's four blue squares, and in each square, you have a word. You have science, SIGINT, skills, and systems. Uh, This one, I think this is sort of like a placeholder slide. You could probably analyze you know how the design of it the colors used and all that stuff even the fonts if you wanted to but this is not one of the more interesting ones so why don't we go ahead and skip uh to the slide number seven which is a repeat actually of a previous slide with a jtrig logo so let's skip to slide number eight all right you want to you want to start us off on slide number eight ETA? Yeah, man. Yeah. So slide number eight shows um, what I'm assuming is a magician. So he has a deck of cards and he's uh, doing a long um, shuffle, I think, from one hand to another. I think that's what it's called is a shuffle. I'm, I'm not an expert in this kind of stuff, but I do appreciate the uh, the work it, it takes to uh, achieve some of those some of those feats, some of the, some of the muscle memory involved with the card tricks and stuff. It's actually kind of impressive, you know. Oh, so, yeah. At any rate, um, it has the, uh, a picture that shows this guy shuffling, doing a long shuffle of some sort, you know, a card trick. And then under it, it says, we want to build cyber magicians. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much all, all, all it says, all, all it shows on that slide. But I think that that actually is quite telling. Um, <laughs> cyber magicians, just that one term right there, cyber magician. Right. Now, to be fair, in England... They or the UK or whatever it's called, they do use some pretty funny words. Like they still have knights and ladies and kings and queens. Um, they so the like the trunk mm-hmm. of their car they called a boot. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they call actual boots. It's kind of weird. Um, they call a flashlight is they call it a torch. So the, it could just front, be the front hood's a bonnet. I think right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. So I actually kind of like that a little bit to be honest. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Well, I think it's because because all the years of watching Top Gear, you know it could just be that because the language is a little different than it is in America there, the word choice, you know, but the thing that sticks out to me is like, you're saying not, they don't say we want to train 
cyber operatives. They say they mm-hmm. want to build magicians. They're mm-hmm. building magicians, not training operatives. And that's a really interesting choice of words, in my opinion. And almost like to me, it gives me the sentiment that like the people that they're talking about that are going to be these cyber magicians, that will be their only goal, like their only purpose. Like that that will yeah. be what you that, that is what you're going to do with your life is be a cyber magician. And if you don't, well, we built you so we can also terminate you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think. It it could be, yeah. <laughs> All right. So slide number nine is another logo. Um on this one's kind of fun. So it's got uh, four trapezoids with a dot in the middle is the is the graphic, and then it has OCAA Online Covert Action Accreditation. So this is like kind of like getting your license <laughs> or getting like you you know your your uh, your nursing accreditation or something. You know, Hell I don't yeah. know your, your welding I can, certificate. I can, I can apply for <laughs> I can apply for that freaking uh, that CIA spot that I've been uh, after all these years. You know, I got my accreditation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's not much to this slide, but it's just kind of fun because this, this is apparently they have an actual program to train people is what this kind of indicates to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's skip to the next one. This is where it starts to get interesting again. You want to, you want to start us off with this one ETA? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. At this slide right here at the top left, it says ANCO key skills strand. So to the right of that, it has um, three columns. And at the top of each column, column it has a term. Um, some of these we've already, well, all of these we've, we've already heard. The first one, it says online human. Under that, it has um, three different boxes. Uh, well, actually, I should say the heading, the heading um, below all three of these, these first uh, headlines are magic techniques and experiment, <laughs> <laughs> which I, like, I, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Magic techniques and experiment. Uh, all right, then. Like, okay. <laughs> so under online human, it says individual, group, and global. Under uh, the next the next column, it says influence and info ops. Under that, it has psychology, deception, performance, and media. Um, and that actually that makes some sense to me because, it, I mean, influence uh, and info ops, like, yeah, that psychology deception yeah, that's going to be pretty closely related and, and actually, actually they're right next to each other in that column too most of these uh these these terms that i'm talking about that are in the bottom column they're separated by a little bit of space but uh psychology and deception are right next to each other they're the only the only two that are yeah um, so anyway anyways below that it has performance and media like i said and um you know it's a uh, if your psychology um is influenced by deception <laughs> your performance is going to be is is going to be you know uh, affected i would suppose you know media uh, i'm not quite sure obviously you know certain things in media i mean there's a lot of depiction depictions in media a lot of uh to use a popular term fake news <laughs> but i would call it, i would I, I would be more inclined to call it misinformation you know what i mean yeah. There's a lot of misinformation, I think, in, in media nowadays. That's that's for damn sure. Okay, so the third column is a uh, um, headlined by disruption and CNA, and so uh, the terms under that and that column has professionalism, elegance, creativity, and intuition. So mm. um, you, you know, uh, I wasn't quite sure what to make out of elegance. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think about those, those four terms right there? Well, the, so professionalism, I mean, speaks for itself. Elegance, they might be talking about not like an elegant lady in a gown, 
but elegance as far as like you might say like an elegant solution so an elegant solution might be something you you could achieve what you're trying to do you know that with a much better solution a simpler solution even than what somebody else might choose so instead of like let's say um instead of beating down an entire wall with a hammer you might find that one pressure point that makes the whole wall fall and then you could get the job done much quicker and much more mm-hmm. efficiently and with more precision i guess uh, if that makes sense um yeah. and then so we're talking about uh, s- disruption and cna so this is the part m- remember where they're actually trying to cause damage of some kind or other to whatever it is they're dealing oh, yeah. with whether it's a, a hacking group or a you know social movement so they the um to me, this suggests that the solutions um, need to be better than just going online and posting a YouTube comment saying somebody's shirt's ugly. It needs to be a little deeper than that. Although who knows, mm-hmm. maybe that's, you know, is an elegant solution. And then intuition is interesting because I don't know if you ever really want your operatives to use intuition. You want them to use skills. You know what I mean? So I don't know what to make of that. That's really interesting. Um, I don't have really anything to add to what you said to the rest of this particular slide except i've i've read through a pretty decent number of government documents training manuals whatever you know like for example i was just looking at um the uh, air force letter what is it 200-5 that talks about like how to report ufos and whatever and um if you look I've, i've looked at like training manuals and just all kinds of crazy stuff not once have i ever seen anything like magic techniques and experiment you might see techniques or operating procedures but mm-hmm. not magic techniques that's really yeah, kind of weird <laughs> everything is very matter of fact when, yeah when, when yeah yeah there's there there it's as dry as it gets there are zero shenanigans you know wordplay or whatever it's all very straightforward because it has to be you want these people to get the information get the procedures as quickly as possible whatever so that kind of strikes me as a little bizarre all right so let's let's move on to slide number 11 now and this is actually the exact same thing as slide number 10, but it has some additions here between the words, sort of like the slide with the people standing. It, they mm-hmm. add little words here and there between stuff, um, but in sort of in a different way. And there's lines connecting a lot, some of them. And they, they for, added too much. Yeah. Agent Anderson, I just got to say they added too much and I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, because this this really this really confuses me. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, like when I when I first saw this slide, I was just like, oh wait, what? Well, for, for example, what the fuck is a Hofstede dimension? I mean, I could Google that, I guess, but I don't know off the I top have of no my head. Clue. Yeah, maybe I'll Google that in a bit. But and there there's some like like really weird stuff. Like on the on the bottom, there's a square that says thin slicing design retention and trust. And that box looks to me like it's connected to more other boxes than anything else here. Um, like, well, three three other boxes, maybe. Uh, whereas, well, it's right in the middle of two columns, too. Yeah, you know? which is kind of weird. And there, there's kind of, like, there's one interesting thing that catches my attention is at the very bottom under media, it says propaganda, mm-hmm. branding, yes. marketing, TAA, advertising, sell, own, earn. Like, that's kind of... That, that a makes lot of sense. You could interpret that in a couple different ways, but it's, this is what they're using, right? These are their tools they're using for online operations. It's kind of crazy when you start looking at it. Look at this one, constructing experience in mind of target, which should be accepted, uh, should be accepted so they don't realize it. What? (laughs) Yeah. What the heck? (laughs) 
And then above yeah. that, it's optimizing deception channels, um, process of reflection to assess if we are doing, hold on. Oh, doing OP. Okay. Process of reflect reflection to assess if we are doing OP elegantly and then diffusion yeah. of innovation. This is just crazy stuff, man. Like it's hard to know what they're talking about specifically, but look, there's mm-hmm. conformity and obedience on there again. There's 10 principles of scam. There's hindsight bias. There's um, decisions, parentheses, emotional, not rational. This is this slide yeah. is where it starts to get kind of off the rails for me. Like it, this is crazy, well, and, crazy stuff. And then the next slide, which is basically the same thing, it, it yeah. gets a little bit more off the rails. I mean, they, they add more to it with these these uh, clouds and stuff, these blue clouds. Do, do any of these clouds stick out to you? Because there's a couple that are kind of screaming at me. <laughs> right next to professionalism, um, it has insiders, destructive, yeah. Organizational psycho- psychology. Yeah, that's let me just one. Say, yeah. Let me just, <laughs> let me just say that again. Destructive yeah. organizational psychology. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying <laughs> oh, to fuck up yeah. your mind, bro. Oh, like, I'm like a. I get. I get a little scared looking at this stuff, man. This is scary stuff. They're, uh-huh. they're, we're, they're not just talking about this under the CNA disruption and CNA column, by the way. Now it's actually they. Yeah. They spelled it out. CompNet attack. Another one that kind of jumps out at me is legitimization of violence. All right. So why, what is that even doing on this slide? Like, does that bother anybody else that our government agents are being trained on how to legitimize violence? What does that even mean? Influencing, influencing people's uh, subconscious and their their opinions. Look at what's going on in this country right now. I mean, I'm not going to state like any particular opinion on, on, on anything really, but you look at the type of uh, violence that's going on right now, unchecked as well in in certain areas, uh, just because there's too much chaos. You know what I mean? The the amount of chaos that has been created just in the last like year, the, you know, a year and a half, um, it's, it's been ramping up, you know what I mean? It's been leading up. I'm not sure what it's leading up to, but typically uh, my opinion is like when, when you have this much division in, in society, when you have this much, um, distraction and this much, uh, just malarkey and shenanigans going on, you know, um, mm-hmm. and media all over the damn place is telling you two different things, no matter where you look, you know what I mean? It, it, you know, I don't know what the hell to believe, you know what I mean? And then when I go out into regular public, it doesn't seem like the case. Like, like what, what I see on, on media, what I see on, like on, on, um, you know, social media, everywhere you look, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on any, any mainstream media outlet or what have you, what I see on the TV or on the internet is not what I see in real life. You know what I mean? So there's, there's definitely some deception going on right now. And we are purposefully and intentionally being divided. Um, like I said, I don't know what, to what ends to what, what means, you know what I mean? What's the end result? But I, I would imagine the end result is to con, like gain more control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is ultimately what's what's happening. Well, you know what I mean? I I think that it works better for the people in power if we're divided because then we're we're more worried about these small issues that don't matter that much that we get really angry about and we don't pay attention to what's going on behind the curtain. I think is what exactly. it's all about. Yeah, they're able to accomplish more because we're well distracted. You know? Yeah. Okay, so I just looked up Hofstede Dimensions out of curiosity, by the way. And it's so this is from Wikipedia. Hofstede's cultural dimensions theory is a framework for cross cultural communication developed by Geert Hofstede. It shows the effects of a society's culture on the values of its members and how these values relate to behavior, 
using a structure derived from factor analysis. So uh, this is sounds right up the alley of this slideshow. They're basically using this to manipulate the ever-living crap out of people, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Goes, yay, science. All right. Let's move along to the uh, next slide. So now we're going to be on slide number 13. This one's kind of fun. It looks a little bit like a board game. So at the top, we have Human Science Learning Path is the sort of the title of the slide. And in the middle, we have a bunch of hexagons connected to each other. You start, each hexagon has uh, um, words in it. So these are different uh, things, right? So we, uh, different disciplines, perhaps. Um, so we start uh, from the left. We have gr three green hexagons that are labeled core. Uh, history, in parentheses, e-learning. The middle one is human aspects of cyber operations, three days, and culture, one day. So I'm guessing these are different courses that they're taking, which is kind of interesting to know what the titles of the courses are, I, I suppose. So culture is connected to purple and uh, I guess uh, light yellow or tan hexagons. The purple ones are scams and deception, two weeks, strategic influence, one day, um, and the tan ones are psychology and cyber psychology, one day, and digital tells, half a day. And underneath of that, we have kind of like orangish looking one. And we have disruption, one hour, and social engineering for CNA, uh, e-learning. Um, and the, the labels for the purple ones are influence, for the tan ones, online human, and for the bottom ones, CNA and disruption. So this ties into the categories we were talking about before. What do you mm -hmm. make of this one, ETA? Yeah, it seems like this is a an outline for a course study, you know, on the left yeah. is where you start out. You got to start out with a little bit of history, a little bit e-learning, you know, to set your platform, you know what I mean? And then you, you move on from there to more and more complicated, um, issues, you know what I mean? More, I mean, it, it's, a it actually kind of makes sense that you, you would start out where you start out in the, in this little depiction here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's kind of, I mean, the reason why obviously I'm saying this, this seems like a course study is because of the, the days involved, uh, in, in parentheses that they have there, Yeah, you know, obviously they're, it sounds like they're describing how long it, it takes to learn these, these particular issues, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it did, I, I actually kind of, it, to me, it actually kind of, uh, seems weird, like, like our culture. I would think there would be so many damn things that you could learn about culture, man, one day would not be able to, to cover it. Yeah. Know? But then, but then you look at scams and deception and it's two weeks. Right. Like that's the, that's the longest, the longest, uh, course right there as, as far as it looks out of all of them by far, you know? So, so it's, they're definitely, you know, focused in on one particular you know, <laughs> skill set right there. Yeah. I think, I mean, well, everything there's, else, there's people sorry, that spend ahead. their entire lives studying culture, but yeah. they only need one yeah. day because they just need those bits of culture to use that you use to manipulate people. So you don't need all of that. Mm -hmm. You just need just the little pieces that are helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. And then disrupt disruptions only one hour. Yeah. Uh, right. I guess it doesn't, I guess, I guess that's not very, like involved, I guess it doesn't take much to, to disrupt, I suppose, Apparent, but uh, apparently not that actually that, well, that actually kind of makes sense though. If, if the platform for disruption has already been set up, you right. know what I mean, then, then yeah, I guess it wouldn't take much then I suppose, you know, but the yeah. scams and deception though, like, like I said, not to keep on going back to that, but that, that is the one that really stands out to me 
because uh, you know how much time they spend on it. I mean, obviously, they're they're very very well, you know, involved in that. You know, they yeah. If they have that much time to spend on it, then they, there's a lot of information to cover. You know, the the next closest time wise is the human aspects of cyber operations, which is three days. That's the closest thing we got. Mm-hmm. Two weeks is mm-hmm. by far the longest course. And like you're saying, it's kind of interesting that that's the longest course on here is scams and deception. All right. So the next slide is a picture and it's from world war two. It's a picture of, of uh, four soldiers holding up uh, an inflatable tank. So it, it looks like, you know, pretty convincing in this black and white photo of, of you know, of it being a real tank. And um, I, I'm familiar with, with, uh, you know, the operation that, that is depicted here is in World War II. And that what they wanted to do is, is depict a, um, a buildup of troops, you know, on a certain section um, to, to basically like fool the Germans into thinking that they were going to attack north, I think, um, on the European, you know, mainland, you know, when they ended up attacking a little bit more, little bit more east, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's a, a simple little depiction of deception. It's not a real tank. It's an inflatable tank. You know, there's, there's nothing that there's no harm that's going to come from this inflatable tank, but it did work well to deceive in world war two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I guess this is a real world example of what they're talking about, but they're applying this to the cyber cyber world online, but it, it seems harmless at first, but when you realize that, you know, they're probably causing the enemy a whole lot of trouble just with the simple inflatable. It's genius. This is what I'm talking about, like an elegant solution. It's simple and it works. You know, it's, it's not overly complicated. It's low cost. And you know, the, it basically for the enemies to overcome this would cost them way more in time and effort and resources than it would for them to do this. Well, and there's also probably a couple of leaps of faith that they would have to make as well too. Like, you know, they, they would have to trust certain sources of information, you know, wholly and fully to make sure that this, you know, is uh, either a real thing or a fake thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at this picture, that inflatable tank, I mean, if you're observing like a field of those tanks from um, an aerial, aerial perspective, uh, you're not going to be able to tell from that distance, whether that's a real tank or not. It, 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 but I tell you what, though, it's definitely going to look like one. So yeah. like, it's, it's, you know, yeah, you're not going to want to take that chance. But like in war, I, I would imagine there's certain chances that you, you just can't take. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. So, so yeah, I think that is actually, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's kind of a genius uh, manipulation right there. Yeah. All right, let's go on to slide number 15. This this one's kind of simple. It's just a magician throwing cards at the camera. So is this guy, a bald magician, and cards flying at you. Now, I don't really see a whole lot here. Maybe you could interpret that like there's a, looks like a four of diamonds is the most prominent card, but um, I don't think there's a whole lot on this slide. It's more of a filler slide to me. Yeah, well, I mean, you could you could say that like, all right, so in this very picture, one of his eyes is blocked. So is that potentially uh, referencing, like, you know, the Eye of Horus? <laughs> oh, interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Tell us you a little know? bit more about that. Well, I mean, well, all right. So there's, uh, man, we can get off on quite a, ta- a tangent uh, when it comes to this, but. Let's do it. Well, all right. So one of the things that, that um, 
interests me about this particular depiction is not just in pop culture. There's a lot of uh, pictures that you can see of, of, of famous performers where they're, they're purpose, purposefully blocking off one eye and giving you one eye, you know, um, sometimes even these eyes are, are dressed just like the eye of Horus, you know, but, um, I think one of the more interesting depictions of the eye of Horus throughout history is in, is in, um, buildings like, like, all right. So if you go, there, there's a lot of depictions of, uh, representations of the eye of, eye of Horus and of also, also like of uh, Egyptian architecture, like, uh, in Washington, DC, I think Washington DC is probably one of the, the best examples to be quite honest. Um, well, for instance, the Washington monument. Okay. So the Washington monument is obelisk, right? Yeah. Well, the, ob the obelisk, you could say, you could say, I mean, it represents more than this, but it seems like this is what they're depicting because of what's laid out on the ground around the Washington mon monument. So the Washington monument is a, um, a phallus basically it's depicting a male phallus, right? Mm -hmm. If you go, if, if you're following Egyptian mythology or religion, whatever you want to call it, um, within that obelisk, if you if you were looking at the uh, Washington Washington Monument from like the ground, like the, a bird's eye view, um, the Washington Monument is set within a Vesca, uh, double Vesca Pisces, mm -hmm. which a, a double Vesca Pisces represents the female womb, from what I understand. So if you have a uh, phallus, you know, <laughs> coming out of a female womb, like <laughs> it, to me, it kind of uh, represents phallic worship. Like, what does it signify? Like the eye of Horus, what does that mean? What does that tell us if they're doing that? Is like where? Oh, the one eye. The, um, yeah. The, the 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 eye at the top of the pyramid. Um, All right. Basically, basically is like the uh, it, it Some people say it represents the Illuminati. I actually think that that's not the real the real interpretation of it. What it really interprets is like you know the the controlling power at the top. You mm, know what I mean? Because okay. I actually think that the Illuminati, that term that you hear, you hear all, all sorts of people fucking talk about the Illuminati and shit. And I don't think that they're a real organization. I do think that there are people with control at the power uh, at the top that 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 you know steer civilizations this way or that. You know, depending on what they want to accomplish. Um, you know, but, but I don't think that there is like the quote unquote Illuminati. I, I think the more real organization would be the Freemasons. If mm -hmm. you want to talk about people that have been at the forefront of every big major event in civilization, I, I, at least at the very least in Western, Western civilization, I mean, the Freemasons are the ones you want to talk about. I mean, yeah. otherwise, otherwise what the fuck are we talking about, dude? Like, yeah, you and know. I looked into it briefly, and from what I could tell, the Illuminati it it was a some kind of political movement in Europe that was very brief, and they were stamped out very quickly. And probably they haven't existed for a long time. But then yeah. again, if it was a super secret society, that's what they'd want you to think. But I haven't well, been able to find any real evidence that they actually exist. Whereas, whereas uh, you know the stonecutters, they definitely exist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well. I think it's more likely, it's much more likely because, because of the history that we can, we can go into and learn. It's much more likely that the people at the top that are holding the strings, controlling society, whatever you want, however you want to pull, put it, you know, the, the people at the top that have the control, it's much more likely that the Rothschilds and, and all the people that are involved in, in controlling the world banks, because I mean, you, you look at that old, that old saying, and I said it before, follow the money, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's very true. It's extremely true, especially if you want to be, you know, very analytical about what you're, you know, what we're talking about, you know, 
who are the people that have control? In the, most countries, the ultimately, the money. <laughs> ultimately, it's the people, the people that control the issuance of money. Just like in the United States, we have the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Reserve controls the issuance of money to our government. Our government has to borrow money at interest. Our government does not have the ability to print its own money, which to me is so absolutely damn ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's just freaking ridiculous. Uh, we could, we could go off on a, on, a, on another tangent, but at any rate, you know, um, these are the people that, that are, are pulling the strings here. You know, it's not some, it's not, I mean, I'm sure there's very, there's a lot of secrecy involved for sure, you know, and, yeah. um, there's definitely like, like secret societies and stuff, you know, but at the end of the day, it's all the same people, man. Like, like, like I said, not to speak too much in broad generalities, but, it's all the it's all the world banks, man. It's all the it's all the world bankers, the, the people that have the most control. Those are the people that have the most control. Yeah, you know, it's such a perfect scam too. Just banks in general. Imagine if you if you start a business, but you get all your products, you don't actually have to pay for or produce any of them. You just get them from other people. Just give you those products, and you get to sell them. It's free money. It, it's uh, it's a craziest scam ever it's it's the best it's the best scam ever if you're the one controlling it you know like right like all right so you've heard that that saying you know if you want to be a good investor you got to invest with other people's money not your own yep you know like that that's the that's the peak of that right there i mean that that's what they're doing you know I mean, yeah. they're, they're not investing any of their own wealth all right you want to do uh it's it's we're closing in on an hour here you want to do, let's do one more slide and okay. then that'll be it for today we uh, probably this will be a two or three parter because there's quite a lot to yeah. go over in this episode. So we'll yeah. talk about one more slide and then we'll call it quits. So the okay. next slide, slide number 16, it's got uh, the title of it is Magicians, the Military and Intelligence. And it's got uh, pictures of three guys. We have Jean-Robert Houdin, Jasper mm -hmm. Maskeline, and John Mulholland. And uh, the, probably the, the dapperest of them is the guy in the middle, Jasper oh, Masculine. Jasper Dapper as fuck, dude. Right, look at that fellow. Yeah, he sure is. Just look, hey man. <laughs> hey, he's in his time and era. Uh, he getting whatever woman he want, man. He has that oh, nice yeah. mustache. He he's one of those cool characters smoking a cigarette. You know, he got that Dapper Dan up in the up in the hair and shit up on his gold yeah. piece. He's a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> I will I will I will say that like I, I do think that John Mulholland has a better name. Oh, for sure. But like uh, John Robert Houdin is probably the re most respectful out of uh, out of the three. I, I would yeah, think. I well, don't know if I, he doesn't look. I mean, look what look at the picture. What's he doing with his hand there? That does not look like a respectable pose to me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, sir? Yeah. Why is your hand not in your vest? <laughs> Can't you go yeah, do that in private, buddy? <laughs> hey, look. Uh, well, why do you think he's looking off to the side? You yeah, know what I mean? he's looking up and off to the side to distract you from what he's doing with his hand. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, they're all magicians. All three of these guys are are, are magicians, and um, I, I actually kind of, I, I really kind of uh, find what what a uh, Jean uh, Jean Robert Houdin did for Napoleon the Third really quite interesting. It's I don't know. It's one of those interesting kind of uh, stories within history where, where um, I, I guess you could say he used his intelligence to overcome a situation, you know? Or could so, you say perhaps he had an elegant solution to a problem? Yes. All yes, right. you absolutely freaking can. And that's, yeah, that's probably the best way to, to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, so Napoleon III uh, sent Jean Robert Houdin into Algeria to um, basically help, uh, sub, you know, help suppress um, an uprising from the uh, the locals there, you know. And so the locals there were were very into their own magic, I guess you could say, like you know, their shamans, their, their religion. Um, There's a lot of uh, culturally, there was a lot of influence as far as like people depicting magic and how strong their magic was, you know? And so Napoleon III sent, sent Jean Robert Houdin down there. I think in, in a bit of a stroke of brilliance, really, rather than just going down there in force and just like forcing people to, you know, to, to give up, you know, to, to be subservient, you know, um, he sent down there, he sent uh, Jean Robert Houdin down there and, and, you know, with the explicit intent to prove that French magic was stronger you know, so that's exactly what he did. He proved that French magic was stronger and he impressed the, the holy hell out of the people down there from what I understand. At the end, he actually did describe though, like, no, this is actually a high level of skill and deception. It's not magic, but still he, he was able to, uh, accomplish the goal, you know, and, and I think that's pretty damn impressive, you know, very interesting the way he was able to do it. Yeah. It's such a novel solution to the problem of an uprising. I, I've never heard that story before. I'll talk a little bit about John Mulholland. I, I looked into that guy a little bit. Um, he was born in 1898 and he died in 1970. And he was a magician, as you might have guessed, since we already said that. Uh, he was also an author and a publisher and an intelligence agent. Yeah, he worked for the CIA. Kind of a weird combination there. Uh, he started learning magic when he was a teenager and he kind of worked as a as a magician for most of his life. And uh, for, well, for two decades, he was a professional magician, I guess, not most of his life. So he published uh, uh, some books and magazines on how to do magic. And he was also a close friend of Harry Houdini. In 1953, he left his position as the editor of the Sphinx, uh, supposedly because he had health problems. But in reality, he left that position to go work for the CIA. Uh, as an employee of the CIA, he wrote a manual about deception and misdirection called the CIA Manual of Trickery and Deception. This was not available for a while, but you can actually Google it and find it online. Uh, you could get a PDF or you could buy a print version, I think on Amazon or whatever. It's probably an interesting read. I didn't really have time to read it for this. It's a little off the beaten path, but it's basically just how to deceive people, essentially, and that's, that's what... That's what magicians do, I suppose. He didn't just write those that manual. He did a lot of stuff in the CIA. Like he was did something for Project MK Ultra, which you know, hello, we got to do an episode about that. That's uh, crazy. You know, I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. Um, he worked in counterintelligence and on some of the ESP projects, uh, and the Red Scare. Apparently, for example, on the ESP, they would ask him like, "How are these people doing this?" You know, because it's basically a trick, and he would help them figure out how they were using tricks to simulate ESP because, you know, obviously ESP doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. uh, at least, well, in my, in my opinion, well, I, I respect the opinion of others who believe it does. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I, I haven't seen a convincing case. And uh, he's probably, a lot of his work laid the foundation for techniques that are still in use to this day. So it's, so he was probably, we don't, we don't have all the documents for what he did. We don't know exactly what he did for everything, but he did contribute greatly to this, you know, the CIA and the general spy techniques, I'm guessing. 
Mm-hmm. And then the one in the middle, Jasper, he was another magician. Jasper. I didn't look into him that much. Did you look into him I, at all? I, I did a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the guy. Like I was talking about before in uh, one of our previous slides, the inflatable tank. Yeah. What okay. that was, what that was, was that was an inflatable Sherman tank. And, um, we, you know, uh, uh, Jasper, uh, how, how do you pronounce his last name? <laughs> That's the one thing I didn't get quite right. Mas- Masculine? L. I don't know. Mas- Masculine. Masculine. Mescaline? Mescaline? I'm going to call him mescaline. All right. <laughs> no, mask, mescaline. I'll just call him mescaline. But no, he he, uh, he worked uh, with the Royal Engineers in World War II. And um, he, he was, uh, you know, skilled at camouflage. So he would, he would help them camouflage, like, their actual, um, you know, tanks and planes and, and, and stuff that they had, pillboxes and stuff like, stuff like that, you know, set up. Okay. Um, and then he would also help them uh, with, like, inflatable Sherman tanks, you know, developing some of that kind of stuff. And the, the developing, coming up with the ideas of misdirection, you know what I mean? And, and so, so when you did have, like, uh, German spy planes um, flying ahead, taking pictures and stuff, trying to, you know, get a count of what you have building up and what, what particular area, what have you, then um, he would be redirecting them with those inflatable tanks and inflatable airplanes. I think they had as well, but, um, but also with, with camouflage. So he was very, very um, well-versed in the art of deception. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, he fits, he fits right in there with, with, with both these other characters and, and this whole, the whole idea of this slideshow, you know? All right. Well, that's, that's a, pretty interesting slide that they're referencing these specific people but i think it ties into what they're trying to do in general is they're trying to manipulate people and not not let the people know that they're being manipulated is how i'm sort of interpreting this so far man Mm -hmm. i would love to hear the audio portion of this slideshow i really would i know right yeah i i think there are some slides in particular well obviously all the slides but like in particular, there there are definitely some slides that, like, if we had the audio, that would that would bring so much per, uh, perspective, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna call it quits for now. We'll do a a part two and maybe a part three, depending on how long it takes us to get through it. Because this is about an hour, and we're only on slide sixteen here. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. there's just so much here to talk <laughs> about that it's. I don't want to skip over too much stuff either because there's so so much interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess we'll close it out. So thanks for listening. Follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. Join us next time for part two of this wacky slideshow.